That was uh, Emma Seppla, um, lovely woman, and uh, an amazing uh, institute she held, heads up at, at uh, Stanford University. And no surprise, the person who got that institute there started was none other than the Dalai Lama. I don't know that there's anybody else that would have that type of influence to start a center of that type at Stanford. Yeah, I don't know uh, the story, um, but he obviously uh, pushed some buttons and the right people came together and somehow it got funded and all that. I'm sure it's an interesting story that someone can Google mm-hmm. uh, if they wanted to know it. Um, but the, the fact that uh, science is studying happiness and what makes people happy is... Um, it's, it, well, that's in itself not new, that, you know, there's institutes dedicated to that and the study of altruism and compassion is fairly new. But, you know, Abraham Maslow and, and his colleagues uh, started that whole process back in the 60s when they realized psychology was just studying pathology and, you know, self-actualization uh, theory and uh, humanistic psychology and, and those developments came in. So this is just a, a continuation. I'm sure the methods of uh, research are mm-hmm. m- much more sophisticated. Right. What, what, what's interesting to me about it, and uh, this is something uh, that to a certain degree you deal with in your book, American Beta, uh, about uh, knowledge of the East coming to the West, uh, the association of spirituality with happiness, I think, is more f- from the East, from Hinduism and especially Buddhism, than it is from our Judeo-Christian traditions. Because certainly in Catholicism, uh, I, which I, I grew up in that religion, uh, it wasn't about spirituality uh, being associated with happiness. It was the whole idea of the crucifixion and suffering and the stations of the cross and everything, you know, that... Uh, uh, you know, ultimately, spirituality, salvation, uh, in the next world you'd be happy. But in this world, it wasn't so much about happiness. Whereas I think in Buddhism especially, uh, the Buddha was more uh, about self-realization and inner contentment and peace and overcoming the suffering of the world. So I think that, um, yeah, we take for granted now that we can talk about happiness and and spirituality in the same breath and nobody would be shocked. But I don't think that was the case 30 or 40 years ago. Well, no, and I can tell you from researching American Veda that, um, for one thing, psych- psychology didn't take religion or spirituality seriously at all. They just, you know, famously, um, Freud called religion uh, an illusion. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was foolishness. Um, so it was only the um, access to... Mm-hmm. Hindu and Buddhist way of looking at the world and the practices, the meditative practices uh, that gave psychology, you know, a sense that there may be something more mm-hmm. to this whole uh, story. So that those disciplines informed the the, uh, the movement toward humanistic and then transpersonal psychology, mm-hmm. and and including. Um, spirituality and people's attitudes towards religion, everything in the in the research uh, repertoire. Um, but I think it was it was the the uh, 
not just the um, access to meditation, first meditation, then all the other uh, repertoire of practices that showed that people, by doing what had been called spiritual or religious practices, had a, a practical effect on helping people become more fulfilled and happy. Mm-hmm. But they, the, the East also gave uh, intellectual models of higher states of well-being that the West had not even considered. Right. You know, higher states of consciousness, higher... Yeah, I wonder if, like, uh, Sigmund Freud, who is obviously a very bright guy, uh, uh, you know, and very revolutionary in his thinking, if he had had more exposure to Vedanta, Vedic knowledge, uh, how his theory might have changed. I guess Carl Jung followed him, and he had some of that influence in in what he wrote, and he talked about the collective unconscious and and whatnot. So I think that... uh, um, yeah, the influence, uh, as you discuss in your book, uh, is, is found in psychology, but it it wasn't there when I was studying it so much. No, nor I. And if it was, maybe I would have uh, stayed in graduate school. Yeah, me, me, uh. me too. So it was. Uh, <laughs> we we found the missing link, and it wasn't to be uh, pursued in graduate school. The other, the other thing I thought was interesting was uh, uh, she mentioned uh, Emma mentioned um, one of the practices one should pra- do every day. <laughs> to gain greater happiness, is to uh, write a list of things we're grateful for, gratitude. Now, it's come up before, and I think it was Paul Mills, Dr. Paul Mills, who is the head of research for the uh, Chopra Institute. One of the things they found in their research was uh, feelings of, uh, specific feelings of gratitude uh, affect longevity, they affect health, uh, affect all sorts of areas of life. And, and I find that interesting. And also, uh, I, I have to think that would be associated with like, Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. You know, that's, uh, gratitude is an aspect of that, I would think. So, um, Probably. And, and, yeah. And, I, and hopefully they'll do research on this stuff. Well, they have. There's a lot of research on gratitude and uh, the people who are appreciative rather than critical. Um, and they have done studies on um, people who... I don't know how how rigorous the, the research is on the use of uh, practices like writing down three things you're mm-hmm. grateful to in the morning or before you go to bed, but certainly there's an awful lot of anecdotal evidence of, that you know it, it changes people's lives and makes you know incur, inculcates uh, greater happiness, and um, it wouldn't shock me that there's uh, hard data on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I'm told that there is. And Emma alluded to the fact that there is. And it makes sense. I mean, think of, you know, if you're in the habit of just finding fault everywhere and everything not being uh, good enough and uh, problems uh, taking the forefront of, of your thinking, uh, you know, that the, the biochemistry of that can't be as good as being grateful for what mm-hmm. you have and what's there. <laughs> And finding all the little things we have to be grateful for, right, it's, right. It, it, it makes perfect sense. Right. And as I, and long I, as you're not Pollyannish about right. it, I mean, you know, you can. it's easy enough to see people saying, and we hear it all the time, you know, if I hear one more person say, it's all good, yeah. I think I'll, you know, because it's not, you know, but if you, can, if you can be grateful and at the same time realistic. Yeah, and, 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 yeah I, I agree. I mean, it's a certain amount. Of happiness is a choice, and a certain amount isn't. Uh, but you know, if you you have to culture the attitude 
to see the the rose and not the thorns, you know, and, and doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time, but it is something you have to work on. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Phil, you may know more about this. Well, she was she talked a couple of times about uh, Kriya breathing. I I assume that's the uh, teaching that Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, uh, his uh, techniques, which I, I think involve meditation and this uh, Kriya breathing. And and I have yeah, talked to a number was, of people who practice it who have felt they yeah. like, derived a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, she was uh, she uh, she mentioned Sudarshan Kriya. That's the technique that. Mm -hmm. uh, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar uh, created and uh, introduced this. It's a sort of um, centerpiece of his Art of Living programs, um, and sh she's she's a practitioner, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and and they have other practices in their uh, their meditation practices, very much like TM and uh, similar mantra-based practices. Yeah, the, her Center for Compassion and Altruism, for the research and education in that area. Uh, I want is, is it a have you been there? Is it an actual building no. on campus? Is it? Just I don't know. It's a good question. <clears throat> I'd like. I, I. I'll volunteer to follow follow up on that. I'd like to find out more. And uh, you know, this whole area of happiness and the neurophysiology of happiness, and uh, you know how one can culture and develop that in its relationship to spiritual development. And also, you touched upon this when you talked to her about spiritual experience and how yeah. that specifically relates to happiness. So. Um, I mean, basically, we're talking about uh, positive transformation in people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you call it happiness or well-being or fulfillment or uh, anything else, uh, you know, and, and it comes back to, you know, one of the things she said was, you know, the, the traditional religious teachings of, you know, being kind and compassionate mm -hmm. and uh, serving others and all that, you know, this. Uh, there's reason for it. We, we've come to think of those things as um, uh, religious injunctions and, you know, uh, tickets to uh, a good afterlife or something, and most people reject that. Mm -hmm. But when you see scientific data, <laughs> right. that you, be, you know, people get, are, are simply more happy and have better relationships and better family lives, it, it removes the onus of that kind of religiosity. Right, and, and uh, I, she, she also mentioned about a lot of young people being just filled with adrenaline all the time because they're in a constant state of fight or flight, which at one yeah. point in, in their evolution, uh, of, you know, thousands of years ago might have been more appropriate. Now it's not, and the inability to turn off that flight or flight response, uh, I think, leads to a lot of illness later in life. Especially heart disease, yeah. stroke. That I mean, that sort of I thing. don't think being a, a kid or an adolescent was ever easy. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, when we were that age, we had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. We could just mess around. I mean, right. I was out in the streets of Brooklyn most, you know, after school for almost every day. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, a few miles from New York City. I was on a block. You were on your block, and you went out to play. And then you had to figure out things to do, whether it was stickball or whatever it right. was. Uh, you know, you would do it. Whereas now, uh, <clears throat> everything is much more structured, at least for uh, uh, a lot of kids. And uh, uh, or the kids are just uh, in a room, uh, staring at a video screen, playing some type of game yeah. that's addictive. You know, so uh, and the and the pressure to to start thinking about grades and, and colleges when you're like in, in, in fifth or sixth grade. I mean, 
I didn't even think about that till right, halfway right. through high school. Yeah, and no, um, I think it's extremely unhealthy. And I, I want to share this with our audience. Was, I mean, I just talked to somebody whose son lives in New York, and uh, they have a kid, three years old, and they're already taking him to interviews so he can get into this private school, and they're fearful he won't make the cut. Now, I've heard, you know, people used to worry about getting into a college, but getting into, right, to, right. To, this is not good. This is not healthy. Uh, no. Don't support that. Can you imagine the pressure the kids yeah. feel? Horrible. Horrible. And it, it can't, <laughs> and the parents, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's crazy. Anyway, hopefully those tuning in and listening to our uh, guests speaking about various aspects of spirituality will gain a, a, a healthy perspective. Uh, and a happy attitude, and uh, uh, won't put themselves under unnecessary pressure, and and you know yeah. take time to enjoy life. And we should uh, uh, down the road have Emma back on and find out what the latest findings are. Absolutely, I think it'd be a great one to follow up on. All right, Phil. Till next okay. time. Okay. Next time, Dennis. <laughs>